When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Claus, nothing personal, word of the day, it's Wednesday, July 6th, 2022, coming to you live from New York, Claus, Santa Claus, Contract Claus, I clause in the special moment to ponder my life, don't you clause me any pain, Two of those four are actual, and two of those four were actually thought about by Major League Baseball during the last collective bargain agreement. Word came out yesterday, and I immediately latched onto this as my number one thing to talk about today. The collective bargain agreement is a very thick document, and there are provisions in there that are not discussed about publicly just because when the media gets it, What they really do is what the players do, and it's what the owners do. Shh, don't tell anyone. But everyone who votes on the collective bargaining agreement, the only people who actually read it are the lawyers who wrote it and don't vote on it. There is not one owner, including every owner on the labor committee. There's not one player, including every player on the executive council, who reads the CBA from letter one, to letter final. What they get is a summary document. A summary document is long. It can be 20 pages. It can be 30 pages. It's like a novella. How many pages do you have to be to be a novella? That's a short little novel. And I don't mean short as in diminutive. I mean short as in not long. Like the anti-war and peace. So you read the summary points and then the media gets a summary of the summary points. Sometimes they get the summary memo leaked to them, but they also get talking points from each side. Here's what's going on with the big things, arbitration, what the minimum salary is, things that the media wants to know because they believe that's what we want to know as readers. But inside the collective bargaining agreement are a bunch of other clauses that will have actual practical impact on a game, on a rule, on a player's life. There are pages and pages about waivers and how players go through waivers. Pages and pages about options, how players are optioned to the minor leagues. Pages and pages about pension and how you get your pension, when you vest into your pension, how long you need to be a major leaguer before you get a certain level of pension. I mean, that's enough to make your eyes dry, but that is hugely important to certain players as they get older. The point is that there are clauses that are just not being reported. 
Yesterday, we found out about one of those clauses. And I call it, thank you, Coca. In the pre-show, he called it, so I can't say that I called it, but I can. We, nothing personal, has discovered Santa Claus. Now, we didn't actually discover it because we didn't read the CBA from cover to cover because I guarantee you there is not a bound copy of the CBA that was only approved a short, scant three months ago, April, May, June, July, four months ago, really three and a half months ago. What the hell was the date? It was probably like close to the end of March when it was agreed to, March 15th, let's say. I'm sure Coca has the date somewhere deep inside the bowels of his early morning mind that aren't stuck in his duodenum. So once a collective bargaining agreement is agreed to and voted on, then they get to finalizing the draft and then getting it printed and bound and distributed so everyone has a copy of it, et cetera. And then there are people who work. It was March 14th. We were one day off, Coca. Then there are people in the commissioner's office and in the union who are responsible to make sure that it's like a cross-checker. We told you what a cross-checker is in Major League Baseball when you go scout a player and then you have someone else come in and look at the same player. Hey, I'm cross-checking you. It's not like hockey where you're taking a, you're body checking or cross-checking a player. You're just cross-checking their work. There are people whose job it is to cross-check the other side. Hey, we wanna make sure the union is following and doing what they're supposed to be doing in the CBA. The union has people watching baseball teams and executives making sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing that's how grievances start you are not spending your revenue sharing money to win games at the major league level grievance you are not sending your players to the necessary community events grievance so you can go on and on and on so they came across this clause that major league baseball put in we're about a month away no we're not We're not even close to a month away. We are about 12 days away, 13 days away. What is today? Wednesday. Two weeks from yesterday is the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Los Angeles. I will not be around for it, but we're going to be talking baseball around that time. Talk about the first half. See things that have gone on. Some cool storylines. The All-Star Game is a major event. It's called a jewel event. Literally, that's how they define it. A jewel event is the World Series, the All-Star Game, the World Baseball Classic, and any international, either friendly, which means a spring training game, or actual game during the season international game. Like when they start the season in Japan. Jewel events are out of the ordinary. Jewel events are taken to broadcasters and sold as a sometimes a package. They're sold as part of a playoff package. They're sometimes sold as part of a the actual broadcast package for the regular season. Sometimes they are separated off and sold. Like when you buy something, it says batteries sold separately. Remember those commercials where you had to buy a toy and there'd be little, now it's like a 10 minute soliloquy about all the diseases you can get. If you are suffering from any side effects that could include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, the inability to copulate, the ability to copulate, then go see your doctor. Batteries sold separately. Why? Just give me a set of batteries. Don't make me guess which ones are the AA and the AAA or the 9V or the little MR243s or the AR2035CR2018s. I go to Walgreens. Excuse me. Wait. Oh, no. I needed the 1249, not the 6924. God damn it. Why did I say batteries would be sold separately? Ah, because the packages 
can be sold separately. MLB focuses on the All-Star game tremendously because the view was there is no sports during the All-Star break. It's just baseball. We used to have it to ourselves. I think the ESPYs may do their awards somewhere around the All-Star break as one of the days where the calendar is empty. I think the WNBA now plays games on the Monday and Wednesday, day before, day after the All-Star game. Monday is no longer a day off, right? That's the home run derby, etc. But still, there's no other sports, so they have two days all to themselves. But now there's summer league basketball games, and I think Roger Goodell is coming up with a way to do a summer football game. I think he wants to get all the players in pads, make it like a Pro Bowl of retired players, put them in pads, and see what happens without helmets, and do that and see if they can outdraw the All-Star game. And I bet he could, by the way. So what Rob does and what Bud Selig did before him as commissioner is try to make the All-Star game even better. So in this year's collective bargaining agreement that was just approved, there is a new clause that helps a Santa Claus be an All-Star one more time. Well, Joe Jackson, what does one more time mean? One more time means when you don't deserve to be an All-Star, but you had a career that is Hall of Fame worthy, likely a first ballot Hall of Famer, and somehow baseball wants to get you one more time in front of the crowd, in front of the cameras, as an ambassador to the game. Get out there in your walker and show the crowd why they used to love you so much and how good you used to be. It's pretty cool if you think about it, right? Who wouldn't want to see Albert Pujols in the All-Star game in L.A.? He was on the Angels for all those years, and he was so good for the first five or six years. He played for the Dodgers last year. He's back in his swan song. There's no reason he's not a – he's Udonis Haslam. That's who Albert Pujols has become, but obviously a far better player than Udonis ever was. Look it up if you don't know who that is. He's a guy who sits on the end of the bench for the Heat. That guy who the Heat sent everybody to his house the minute free agency started at 6 p.m. last Thursday. We want you so badly, Udonis. Yeah, you're 40. You dress up. You don't play. I know you said you don't want to be a coach, but you are a coach. But, man, we want you back. Pujols was brought to the Cardinals because it's a good story. It's where he started. It's where he became who he is. World Series championships at all. Now, in addition to the 32 players that are going to be selected and elected to the All-Star Game, you've, you get voted on or you can get uh, selected by the commissioner gets a few players, the union gets a few players, the players get a few players. The commissioner himself may choose to add one player that he selects to each league's roster, wait for it, in recognition of each player's career achievements. That's what the clause says. And then it continues. If special circumstances warrant, the commissioner may select more than one player to each league's roster. Now, why is the clause written that way? Because when you're negotiating... What the union's trying to do is get as much money for its players as possible. And the union is aware that in the majority of contracts, contracts that are decided by an arbitrator are clean contracts. So when you read about a player like Aaron Judge, who he settled, so he's a wrong example. Uh, Pablo Lopez of the Marlins went to a hearing where you choose either the player's number or the team's number. What the arbitrators are awarding is one of those numbers on what's called a clean contract. 
There are no bonuses at all. There's no bonuses for games finished, games started, for any sort of plate appearances. There's no money if you're the MVP of the league, if you're Cy Young, if you're Rookie of the Year. There are bonus packages attached to just about every other guaranteed contract where you give 50000 for All-Star Selection, 50000 for All-Star Election, 100000 for Cy Young, 50000 for second in Cy Young, 85000 for third in MVP, 200000 for MVP, and of course, 100000 for World Series MVP. Everyone gets that. It's the standard awards package, it's called. I always said to uh, agents, I said, I want to give you way more if you're World Series MVP. If you look back at our contracts, we always gave more in World Series MVP money than in regular MVP money because I was able to watch games with Andre Dawson, who is a special assistant to me with the Marlins, and uh, he won an MVP on a last-place team. And if you're MVP on a last-place team, we're not getting any more revenue. We're not getting postseason revenue. People aren't coming to watch our games. We just have a good player on a crappy team. But if you're the World Series MVP, that means you've won the World Series. And then we're getting a lot of extra money. So I was always happy to give big numbers. Like Pudge Rodriguez got 500 grand if he had been the World Series MVP. And we did that with all the free agents we signed for all the years. Less money for regular MVP. But those are the standard awards packages. The union, when presented with this idea by the commissioner who said through his representatives, hey, we want to make sure that we've got names at the All-Star Game because the All-Star Game has become an unmitigated disaster. Every big name player, active player doesn't want to play in the All-Star Game. They claim they're injured. If pitchers pitch on Sunday before the All-Star break, they don't have to pitch and they're not allowed to pitch in the All-Star Game because MLB was sick and tired of teams like us and like all the other teams telling our pitcher, hey, you're not available because we're not having you pitch hard when it's just your bullpen day two days later or it's supposed to be a rest day or we're trying to save you for the second half of the season post all-star break because our team is actually in it and so MLB finally said fine we'll not allow pitchers to pitch but they're going to be all-stars they're going to get their bonus and then we're going to replace them with another player who we choose and that player gets a bonus because they're now an all-star which is why during introductions at the all-star game watch for it this year it takes forever there are a million players who are all-stars and that's why after the team is announced, you start with a slew of replacements, etc. But then the commissioner said, I want one more. I want to be able to bring a player to an all-star game, parade him out in the community, make sure that he gives plenty of interviews, make sure he's mic'd during the game. And I want this to be a Hall of Fame legend who would not be an all-star, but for the fact that I name him to the all-star team. And the union said, pas de problème. But that's another player. That's not an all-star replacing one of the younger all-stars who gets to use the fact that they were named to the all-star team even if you're replacement you're not allowed to say that to the arbitrator you're not allowed to say hey my guy was an all-star but he was only replaced because 17 other guys were injured no not allowed and arbitrators don't do the research they don't know it because we all forget about it when you're an all-star you're an all-star and then you get to say two-time all-star one-time all-star you get to announce MLB wants a bunch of first-time All-Stars. Eight first-time All-Stars. Terrible. When there were that many new All-Stars, you know it's that many players who get to use that in arbitration. They get to use that in free agency. Anyway, so can you imagine in Los Angeles in two weeks, Albert Pujols is definitely going to be named by the commissioner 
as the Santa Claus player. And he should be. First ballot Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols was last a All-Star in 2015. Seven years ago. If this provision had existed, Ichiro may have been an All-Star for the Marlins, although he played an extra minute for the Mariners. But I think I think that that's what the legend is for, right? Maybe like a Yadi Molina is a legend who's is not going to be an All-Star this year. Miguel Cabrera, he is an All-Star because every team gets an All-Star, and he's probably the best Detroit Tiger. He's hitting 300, no power anymore. He's got three home runs, but he may make the team on its own, or they may name another Tiger an All-Star. This is what they're going to do, Coca, for sure, right? They're going to name another Tiger an All-Star so they can have two legends. One will be Miggy, one will be Albert. So this is a whole nother thing contained in the collective bargaining agreement. I love it. I think it's good. I'm not against it at all. At all. Why shouldn't they? Although, one proviso. A small one. Anybody named by the commissioner under this Santa Claus agreement shall not be eligible to their contractual bonus for appearing on an all-star team. I don't want to blow another 50 G on Albert or on uh, Miggy because they were named to an all-star when they shouldn't be, although Miggy should be. Maybe that's why it's got to be important to wait for the commissioner to name these special circumstance Santa Claus all-stars until the actual team's announced. Then do it right at the end, but you whisper to the player, don't make plans. We used to do that with players because players make plans for the All-Star break. It's their vacation during the season. So we'd say to a player, listen, we're hearing some things. You may not want to make plans because you'll have to cancel them or make them refundable. That'd be good. Make them refundable. Do you know who's never going to get an All-Star game? Even though Dodger Stadium's old, the Oakland Coliseum is never going to get an All-Star game. Now, when a new stadium is built in Oakland, one of the agreements in the one of the provisions in the agreement with the public to get public money will be the guarantee of an All-Star game. In the Marlins documents when they were signed, there is a provision that says the Marlins will host an All-Star game. And I think we made it within the first 10 years of the of the building because Major League Baseball needed flexibility. Do you know that Coco we were supposed to host in 2016? The San Diego Convention Center was not available for FanFest in 2017. And San Diego was supposed to host in 2017. And we were supposed to host in 2016. We got a call from Rob, called me directly to say, hey, listen, we have a problem with the All-Star Game. You bid for 2016. You're going to be awarded 2016. They pretend that there's a whole bidding process, but there isn't. But we've got a major problem because San Diego is getting it in 17 and they can't host a fan fest. So we have to switch you and San Diego. So you're going to be delayed by a year. Get to work. So we had to call all the hotel people. We had to call all the vendors. And we had to see whether or not we could push the date that we had reserved from 16 to 17. Looking back on it, it sort of worked for everyone. Right, 2016 was the year Giancarlo Stanton won the home run derby in San Diego. 2017 was the year Judge won the All Star the home run derby in Miami. Waiting the extra year, we would have liked it earlier because we opened in 12. As I recall, we wanted the All Star game like in 14 because then we felt like we could sell season tickets in 12 and 13 because you'd have to buy season tickets to be guaranteed an All Star ticket. 
That's sort of what we thought we would do. But anyway, we were happy to have hosted it. The, the A's will never host one. That building's going to get replaced. But again, they'll get a game in their new ballpark. So July 4th was two days ago. We're still reeling over what happened in so many places, especially Highland Park. The stories coming out of Highland Park, if they're not enough to make you angry, then what will, right? If a two-year-old lost and then found, except his two parents at the parade are dead, if that doesn't make you angry, I don't, I don't know. Do you not get angry? When you find out that the suspect, the killer, the sniper, had threatened to kill his whole family in 2019, police were called to his house, his knives were taken away, and then later he was approved to buy guns, co-signed by his own dad after his family had been threatened by his son. If that's not enough to make you angry, then I don't know. I really don't know what would make you angry. Secretary Jay Johnson was the director of Homeland Security, and he started something called, if you see something, say something. How come we're all so afraid? Is it because we're afraid if we say something, we're snitches, and we're taught that snitches get stitches? Or are we just afraid to get involved? If we see something going on, it's called a good Samaritan when they get involved in a fight or an argument, but now are you worried you're going to get shot? Are you worried that you're going to get in trouble? Are you worried that you're going to mistakenly be the suspect? Remember the movie, Coca, that we just watched about two black kids who tried to save a white girl and they wouldn't go to the police because they thought that they would actually get arrested and they hadn't done anything? Being a good Samaritan now, people say the juice is just not worth the squeeze. What Secretary Johnson wanted to do as part of Homeland Security is say, please, we are giving you a safe place. If you see something, say something, and there will never be a problem. It's like when your parents tell you, did you ever fall for this? I promise, just call me if you're drunk or stoned, and I'll come get you no problem. How many of you call your parents when you need a ride or you need to get bailed out? Or you, I don't mean bailed out of jail, but when you're just in, you have a problem. You do anything but call your parents like that's the last resort because you're afraid you're going to get in trouble. Even though you're told you're not going to get in trouble and it's your own parents, you still don't believe it. The government tells you, don't worry. If you see something, say something, we're good. I see a backpack over there that looks a little strange. Hi, Helen. I see a backpack over there that's a little strange. Should I say something? It's easier to say something about a backpack than it is about a person or about a crime or about a problem. But what is wrong in our society that we can't figure out how to do precog? How can we not figure out that this terrorist, disgusting, can't be dead enough Illinois kid, white kid, of course, that we can't stop him? It's not as though he woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a sniper. This not only had been planned, but it could be forecasted. You don't need to be Clarice Starling to figure out what the profile is of these people. Maybe it's not time to be angry yet. Maybe soon. So all across July 4th, there were a bunch of shootings. We talked about it yesterday. There were a bunch of celebrations where people, who shoots a gun in the air to celebrate? In Oakland, people shot guns outside the Oakland Coliseum. 
Why? Is that like celebrating your right under the Second Amendment? That's what bearing arms is in a well-regulated militia? To have a gun that you shoot in the air? Saying, yippee, we're free. Oh, Christ, someone just got hit by a bullet fragment. I'm not exactly sure what a bullet fragment is. I just know I don't want to be hit by one. I'm not exactly sure a bullet fragment gets inside the stadium from outside the stadium, but I am sure that four fans of the Oakland A's were hit by bullet fragments and had to go to the hospital. Someone asked me, like, how I would deal with that. We have metal detectors. You can't get into the stadium with a gun. I mean, I can't say that we've got the best security or that anyone has the best security. Stadium security, have you ever watched them check your bags? How worried are you when you bring your pen into a game? And I don't mean that you can write with. You bring your vape pen and, oh, my God, are they going to see it? Are they going to see my little molly pill? Are they going to see that I've got a glass of water down my pants? Maybe. I'm just happy to see them. They're looking with their stick in, in the women's purses. Metal detector. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a lighter. I can't even. I can't even. These guys are not exactly the FBI. But in any case, I feel safe in ballparks. I felt safe hosting events, but I was nervous. Absolutely. The bigger the crowd, the more nervous I am. In Oakland, you can put eyes on every person. In Miami, there are many games where you could put eyes on every person, that we'd have security cameras around the ballpark looking around, making sure nothing's happening. How do you protect against guns on the outside? We've seen this at events. We've seen where there's shootings. There was something outside Nationals Park. It's a major problem. There is no way to avoid it as president of a team. Do you want to set up a perimeter? We could keep going. Remember in Fort Lauderdale, there was the guy who came in and shot people at baggage claim where you can access without going through security, or he had checked a gun, gone to get the gun out of the bag and then shot people. And people said, make the perimeter further out. Stop cars from coming in. I guess eventually we're just going to be one big perimeter, unable to ever leave our homes. Is that where we're headed? Is that what you want? All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie that uh, I watched yesterday that is not getting any attention, and it is phenomenal. And then we're going to talk about buying a team and what happens when you're dead and you want something to happen and it doesn't happen. What recourse do you actually have once you're dead? Hmm. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you. Matthew Koch and I are here every day, although starting Friday, we are not. I am going away Friday. I'm actually leaving tomorrow, Thursday. I'm going to try to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and run a marathon at the summit. My, t- my hamstring is torn, and as I'm sitting here, if you're on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, and you see me wincing, I am sitting on a f- ball like as a, um, there is a knife in my left butt cheek. It hurts so badly right now that I'm having a hard time formulating sentences, though I haven't made that many mistakes yet because Coke hasn't yelled at me throughout the course of this show. And I'm recording a bunch of shows today. Um, Levitard is going to be today. And it hurts so much just to sit. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go with Kilimanjaro and the marathon. I am already thinking I may fail. And that's what's so horrific. I hate failing, as you know. And then the worst part is that it feels like you haven't accomplished anything if you don't accomplish what you set out to accomplish, even though failing by only doing a half marathon, let's say, is still amazing. But when you set yourself up for it to be a settling It's why you've got to change your perspective of what settling means, and I just haven't done it. That said, the amount of pain I'm in as I speak right now, you know that 1 to 10 thing from Dope Sick? And of course, I have no Oxycontin or no pain pills of any kind. I'm supposed to be taking Advil, which I don't take, which I should take, and I may start taking. But that whole, what's your pain 1 to 10? I am not kidding you right now. I've got pain from my butt down to my ankle that is currently a hard eight. Two fours. I watched a movie called Undergrads. I have no idea why I watched it. Not one person told me to watch it. Not one listener. I didn't read a review. I thought from the thumbnail, it could be like a coming of age story, something cool about college students. It said it's a bunch of people in college getting ready to graduate, figuring out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, etc. One of the characters in it is played by a guy named Dylan Orth. They're in college. He's a, uh, he looked like a friend of the director. Like, I don't understand how he got the part. I didn't think he was good. I didn't think he was smart. I'm watching this movie. And then the credits roll, and it says, written by Dylan Orth. And I said, wait a minute, that can't be the same guy who played the character who I thought was not even good. And it was. I judged a book by its cover. Guilty. We all do it. He's a brilliant writer. The screenplay of undergrads is actually amazing. It captures the angst of 22-year-olds as they're finishing school, as they're trying to figure out what's next. These are the movies I used to love in the 80s when it was me. Although I wasn't, yeah, I was graduating in 1990. But watching St. Elmo's Fire, watching Breakfast Club, watching these movies and thinking about how brilliant John Hughes was, Dylan North wasn't even alive then. And he somehow found a screenplay that captures the anxiety, the worry, the concern, both macro and micro. What's happening in the world? What's happening in my world? 
What do I do with my girlfriend? What do I do with my boyfriend? Do we keep going? Do we not keep going? Do we go out? Do we get drunk? Do we vomit? Do we not? Are we responsible? Do we go after the freshman? Do we not? If so, how long am I in love? All of these different storylines with a group of friends, and it's going to hit home. Well-written, great subject. If you're way past college, it'll bring you back to being in college. If you're in college, Yahtzee. If you're not yet in college, it's aspirational in terms of when you look ahead and say, wow, I want to be that. Go check out Undergrads. I can't imagine many people have seen it, and I can't tell you where I saw it, but it was on a streaming service. I think it may have been Amazon where I had to pay a couple bucks for it, but check it out, Undergrads, written by Dylan Orth. Congrats, Dylan. I shouldn't have judged you. You were great. When you die, a lot happens. Nothing happens. That's it's the great unknown. We don't know. I saw the light. I was blinded by the light. I was wrapped up like a deuce. Another runner in the night. When Paul Allen died, he was very, very wealthy. He was one of the corporate titans. And he owned the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks. When you die and you've got assets, those assets generally go into a trust because you're trying to avoid paying taxes because that's what you do and that's how you get wealthy and stay wealthy is you don't pay taxes, which gives money to the people who aren't wealthy. That's the sole object of the game. There's an entire group of people that are called accountants. Their whole job is not just to file your taxes, it's to get you to pay as few taxes as possible. And then we wonder, why do we have a budget deficit? That's weird. And I'm not in favor of increased taxes by any stretch. I'm just telling you the whole code is meant to not pay taxes. And then we say, oh my God, that guy doesn't pay any taxes that corporation doesn't pay any taxes yeah really i can't believe that cruise ship is registered in panama i can't believe that limited liability company is a shell that owns 14 different things none of which pay taxes but man that guy's got a big yacht so that's what you do when you die and you're a multi-hundred billionaire paul allen put his teams in a trust and he had no family no, that's, that is a horrible, incorrect thing to say, Coca. Don't edit it out, but understand what I just said. He had no wife and children. Had a sister named Jody. Jody has taken over running the Trailblazers and the Seahawks. When you die, you have a will. If you don't have a will, you should get one. They don't cost a lot of money. You should have a living will, which says what you should do in case you have an accident, like in the movie The Descendants with George Clooney. Go watch that if you haven't seen it. Just watch that in the middle of the night the other night. That's sort of a movie that I watch once a year, I'd say. I absolutely love it. It's probably 10 years old already, maybe more. I'm going to guess 2010, 2011, that his wife got into an accident and they have to legally pull a plug. So it happens. So Paul Allen said, when I die, the teams are going to go into a trust. But guess what? I want... The team sold. I want the proceeds from the teams to go to charity. I want it to be a philanthropic thing. So you arrange your estate to do certain things in a certain order. Estates are open until every bit of property has been disposed of inside the estate 
every tax has been paid. And then you go to court and it's closing the estate. Estates actually get their own bank accounts. Did you know that? They, they're like their own entity when someone dies. The estate of Paul Allen has a checking account. It has a debit card. It has a credit card. It's an operating thing. There have been rumors about the Trailblazers and the Seahawks being for sale. Who's going to buy them at what number? Could this be something that Jeff Bezos is interested in? Is he going to buy a team? Is he not going to buy a team? Yesterday, Jody Allen, unsolicited, released a statement. And it was bizarre. As chair of both the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks, my long-term focus is building championship teams that our communities are proud of. I don't know where that came from. That was not anywhere in Paul Allen's will that Jody Allen is the trustee for the trusts needs to win championships. Not enclosed. Second sentence. Like my brother Paul, I trust and expect our leaders and coaches to build winning teams that deliver results on and off the court and field. What are you talking about? Why are you talking to us? Get to the point when you do a statement. Don't give me some sort of opening paragraph. Why are you wasting my time, Jody? What? Tell me. Here we go. As we've stated before, neither of the teams is for sale, and there are no sale discussions happening. Horse hockey. Both teams are for sale, and sales discussions are happening, but the price is not right quite yet, Bob Barker. Wait a minute. She has more to say. A time will come when that changes, given Paul's plans to dedicate the vast majority of his wealth to philanthropy. But estates of this size and complexity can take 10 to 20 years to wind down. There is no preordained timeline by which the teams must be sold. OMG. Jody Allen likes being the chairperson of the Trailblazers and the Seahawks. I get it. She doesn't want to sell. She's getting paid to be the chair. Hmm. 10 to 20 years? Nope. Take the under. It's not 10 to 20 years. Preordained timeline. Here's what a preordained timeline means. On July 19th, there will be an all-star game in Los Angeles. And on July 12th, the reserves are going to be named. And on July 7th, the finalists for the starters will be named. That's a timeline. At 7.07 p.m., we're going to have a national anthem. At 6.58 p.m., introductions are going to start. On May 17th, it'll be the first day of the reading period. On May 21st, the final exam period will begin. Then, on August 24th, the dorms will open. That's a timeline. That's preordained. In a state law, with wills, there is no preordained timeline. Ofs. Do you think that it, This is a good one. I will die on July 7th, 2000. I want to choose not today, actually. That's too creepy. That's tomorrow, actually. <laughs> I definitely don't want to say that. Let me say a day from yesterday. I will die on July 5th, 2022. 
and there will be an estate, not very large, but pretty cool with some good memorabilia. The memorabilia shall be sold by September 4th, 2023. No, of course you don't do that. There is a period of time after the death where you start the process of getting rid of the assets of the deceased, figuring out what's worth money, what's not worth money. It takes months, sometimes years. 10 to 20 years is absolutely ridiculous and preordained is absurd. We know there's no preordained timeline, but it's certainly time now. And then it just got strange. Until then, my focus and that of our teams is on winning. Won't the new owner be focused on winning too? Wouldn't you say that the focus will always be on winning? That's what my brother wanted. My brother above all wanted to win, but wanted to make sure that the philanthropy and the charities got the money from his estate. These are two big assets. I wonder, can they sell his Microsoft stock? Maybe there's no market for it. Maybe you get to choose when you're going to sell it and wait for the price to go up. Maybe that's the whole point. I just find it ridiculous that she did that statement because the team is so obviously for sale. There are people reporting about clauses in his in in the agreement when he first bought the Seahawks. And they're, they're saying that because of the way he bought the team 25 years ago, that the team is not going to be sold until 2024. And that's what Jody Allen meant. Because if it's sold before 2024, then Washington gets like a kicker. Remember the kicker that the city of Miami and County Miami-Dade got when the Marlins sold? And it was a whole lawsuit and it was settled for a couple million dollars when if Jeffrey Loria had waited just a month, he could have given them zero but didn't want to wait because wanted to make sure Bruce Sherman's check would actually clear and he wouldn't realize that Derek Jeter had no idea what he was doing and the team wasn't worth 1.2. Remember that whole story? So it is possible that there are kickers involved. But what Jody Allen is then saying, they're not going to sell the team until May of 24 because they don't want to give this state of Washington any of the proceeds. But in fact, his estate calls on philanthropy. But of course, our view is the government doesn't use philanthropy. They're going to use it to maybe try to fix potholes for $20, for $20 on the dollar. The whole thing smells to me. It just does. Jody, your teams are for sale and you know it. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Braves over the Cardinals. Winner, we're 76 and 64. Did you see Syndergaard against Sandy Alcantara yesterday? The Anaheim Angels are in Miami right now. The Marlins have the best pitcher in baseball, which came from the Cardinals in the Marcelo Zuna trade. Who did? Sandy did. I said which, I meant who. He's going to start the All-Star game. That's a wait to see. By the way, what day is today? The 7th? The 6th? He pitched on the 6th. What day of the week is it? Tuesday? Wednesday? So he pitches again Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Ooh, he pitches Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday would be his bullpen day. Coca, I may be getting this wrong because the rotations are not gone through me. But I believe that the All-Star game on the 19th is Sandy Alcantara. Contra's bullpen day in between starts. And so he will and should be the starting pitcher in the All-Star game. Do you see what he did to Anaheim again? He just goes seven or eight innings every single game. Like 11 in a row, seven innings or more. The Marlins are playing 
very good baseball. They beat the Nationals. Now they beat the Angels. I, of course, they're not beating good teams, but they're only a game under 500, so they're doing fine. But tonight, they've got Otani going against them. When you're the Angels and you're so bad, every five days when Otani throws, you have to win. And Otani knows it. You've got a offense in Miami that's mediocre at best going against Otani, who is having an all-star season as a pitcher, sort of as a hitter, too. He's got 18 home runs. Wow, could he be the MVP over Aaron Judge? Hmm. I don't think so. We're going with Otani and the Angels over the Marlins as our pick of the day. Okay, wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But either way, we revisit it. We keep a spreadsheet of all the wait to sees. And the way it sort of works is I have a document that is in front of me. And on it, I put the wait to see for the day. And sometimes I just in my stream of consciousness, because we're not a teleprompted show and we're very much unedited, I forget to say what my wait to see is. We did a segment, check it out yesterday, on Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is the player for the New Orleans Pelicans who signed that max deal, totally overpaid, ridiculous, but there was so much pressure by the Pelicans to sign him to explain their number one, number one overall pick over John Morant. I had to wait to see that I got to get in because I think it's going to be a winner. Zion Williamson will not play in 61 games next season for the Pelicans. The under, under 61. Be on the lookout for a bunch of news. It's pretty exciting. One more thing, Coca. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I got to cover this because it's so ridiculous. Remember we did the show talking about tampering when free agency started and how, of course, there's tampering going on. And we told you about Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is now with the Knicks who got $104 million. And there was a rumor he was getting 110 because he put out there he was getting 110 because he wanted the Mavericks to give him 110 because he knew only had 104 from the Knicks, and then he ended up getting the 104 from the Knicks, not from the Mavericks. Now the Mavericks are pissed. The Mavericks are accusing the Knicks of tampering, saying, you spoke to Jalen Brunson before you were allowed to, and that hurt our chances to re-sign him. Forget the fact that his dad is an assistant coach for the Knicks, and they had, like, dinner one night. Forget the fact that Leon Rose is the agent for Rick Brunson, and was the agent for Jalen Brunson, but now the person who works for Leon Rose is the agent for Jalen Brunson. Other than that, the Mavericks had no clue there was tampering going on. It's such a bunch of horse hockey, I can't even tell you. For them to say, oh, I'm so frustrated. We had no idea that the Knicks were talking to him. What did you think was happening? We, as executives, have people following Twitter. We have people talking to media members. Hey, is our guy talking to anyone? Hey, Comb the airwaves. That's an old way of saying it. Comb the social media waves. Find out what's going on. Call the agent. Are you talking to the Knicks? The agent's going to say, no. Yes, you are. What's it going to take? Well, it's going to take 110 if you want to make him a maverick. Ooh, we don't really have that for him. Do you got a fifth year? How about a fourth year? Nope, nope, can't do it. All right. Free agency starts. Boom. He's a Nick. Now Mark Cuban's upset. Mark Cuban should be thanking Leon Rose and the New York Knicks with free Broadcom stock. Send them a pair of Beats and a PlayStation. 
it's the greatest day in Mavericks history that Brunson got $104 million from the New York Knickerbockers, and you didn't have to pay him that. Spend your money elsewhere. It's not working. You've got the best player in Luka, and you're not getting anywhere. Clearly, you need a better second option. He's a better John Starks, and that didn't get us a title. It's outrageous. Stop complaining about tampering. Just start tampering. It's just business. See you later, Jalen. Have fun in New York. It's nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.